This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode this week of Dojo Live. My name is Kim Lantis, airing live from my home in Hermosillo, Sonora, Mexico. I'm home alone again with the girls, so if we get interruptions, folks, I apologize in advance. Co-hosting with me today is America Guerrero. Hello. Still living life in Cancun. Yes, it is with storms and everything, but yes, here we are. Exactly. So those are the disclaimers. If America suddenly freezes, you go, you, you know, it's internet. <laughs> and of course, the star of today's show is Nikhil Gupta. Nikhil, we're so happy to talk with you today. Nikhil is the CEO and founder of Armor Code. So here we're going to be talking about application security and what that implies. But before we get into that topic, Nikhil, we'd love to get to know you a bit better. Uh, please tell us about yourself, your background, who you are, what makes you tick. Uh, thanks, Kim and America, for having me. Uh, it's great to be there. And, um, you know, Cancun and Mexico is one of my favorite places for vacation. So that's one tidbit about, uh, you know, me here. So I'm uh, Nikhil Gupta, co-founder and CEO of Armor Code. Call me crazy. I started this company in the middle of COVID in July of 2020. So you can know a little bit more about me that, you know, I like <laughs> to take risk and uh, I like to take challenges. So I'm a Serial, uh, serial entrepreneur prior to founding Armor Code. I was a founder and CEO of Avid Secure, uh, which was acquired by Sophos, which was one of the most successful uh, company in Silicon Valley, which is not heard of. And, you know, that overnight success came with 26 years of failure. So, you know, just to give perspective wow, yeah. to the people <laughs> that I was starting my first entrepreneurial uh, endeavor uh, back in 1993, which makes me a little bit more aged. So, again, you know, uh, with all this... Well, you age really, really well, Nikhil. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the thing here is that those things will give you a good idea about me. Like, I don't believe in giving up and... Uh, I'm a proud father of a 16-year-old and uh, happily married with uh, my wife. Uh, both of them are not at home, unlike <laughs> like you came over here. So, yeah, uh, so I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Perfect. So this 26-year journey leading up to Armor Code and the pandemic madness, but what was it that made you say, yes, we're going to go for it anyway? Let's talk about Armor Code a bit. Uh, your, what do you do? Why, what's the problem that you solve? Yeah, so that's a good uh, question. So again, you know, Armor Code, we are building the industry's leading application security operations platform. We call it as AppSecOps. And as you can imagine, you know, when the pandemic was hitting and people were kind of going in their safe havens, I was talking to a lot of security leaders and I realized that there is one big problem with uh, uh, most of the customer were facing is that while the application development, and I know there are a lot of audience are uh, the software developers here. So while a lot of uh, application development processes have transformed from, you know, monolithic application to microservices from waterfall to agile, and uh, people are using a lot of use of open source and everything that's moving to the cloud, application security and product security is not scalable and it's very painful. Like you need at least a dozen tools like SCSS, DAS, SAS, ISD, pen testing. You can just go on and on uh, for basically 
securing one application and they generate a lot of false positive and the output of these tools don't talk to each other. So, you know, you have to get these things out and especially it's more complicated. And, you know, there's a reason why President Biden here in the United States talked about, you know, having an executive order to promote software security or supply chain security is that uh, it's complicated. There's a security team, development team, and an operations team whose incentives are differently aligned. And last but not the least, there's one application security engineer to 100 developers. So as a result, what happens here is it's really, really chaotic. And, and that is where, you know, leading into one of the questions we want to discuss is about the automation and everything else. But that problem needs to be solved. And that problem was so painful. And that is where, you know, I decided as a serial entrepreneur that I need to take the bulls by the home and solve the problem. And this problem is actually uh, kind of much bigger than the technology. It needs to be, uh, it's a people's problem. And that's why we also created a community called the Purple Book. So for the audience, the purplebook.club is a community by the security leaders, for the security leaders, where you can get free knowledge about application security, why we need to do that, supply chain security and things like that. And we have some very world-renowned uh, authors and uh, uh, industry leaders who are behind that. So yeah, so an armor code AppSecOps, we are solving this problem. We solve four things. We give you a 360 degree view of your overall, uh, uh, you don't have to log into a lot of different dashboards, if you will. So you get a single pane of glass. Second thing is unified vulnerability management because you don't need a traditional vulnerability management platform anymore uh, because the infrastructure also has moved. Third thing is the DevSecOps orchestration and automation. You really want to make sure that you're taking security to the left. And last but not the least, as you are moving and uh, expediting the software development, the con compliance needs to be continuous. So this is a AppSecOps platform. So you don't have to have 10 different tools. You can have one single platform which meets all these needs. Very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for that high level of armor code. As I'm listening to you, I see some alignment with yesterday's show actually, and that, that was with Dan Demers. He's the CEO of Cinchi. Their idea is, is not with the security side, but with the data side, but still the same kind of issue. He was talking about how the funny thing is, or the irony of how the more technological we get, things are supposed to become simpler, right? But in some ways they become a lot more complex, which I think is what, what you've talked about um, just now. So let's back up to one thing that you said, did I hear you correctly? There's one security engineer for every 100 or 200 developers. So yeah, depending on upon who you're talking about is, the industry average is one is 200. We have engaged with 30 plus Fortune 500 companies. The ratio in most of them is one is to 200. So depending on upon who you're talking about, and uh, we recently did a state of AppSecOps survey. Again, this is also available for free at the purplebook.club. Where, will you, where you will get a lot of good statistics on you know, where the industry is, what the pain points are, and what other people are finding in the industry. Wow. So why the discrepancy? Is this just because, I, I mean, my question is, is it because there's fewer people who are prepared to take on that role? Like, is it a lack of knowledge and just candidates? Or is it because it's just something that companies aren't giving priority to? So it's a combination. So uh, number one is awareness. So traditionally the application security budget used to be 25 or 30% of the overall budget, which is going to significantly increase because especially post pandemic, 
most of the things are remote and everything is software. So the need for software security increases, which you know directly implies that application security needs to have more significance and hence that uh, President Biden's order for that. So definitely more awareness will hopefully make these uh, things better. Second thing is the lack of uh, availability of the people, right? So there are 3.5 million shortage of people in, in cybersecurity alone. And, and that's just going to get worse. And this is where one of the reasons why you need automation, right? Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of mundane stuff, what you don't want to be doing when there's a severe shortage. And uh, yeah. For sure. So so let's talk about the automation side a bit more and where Armor Code fits in. I think you highlighted three main areas. Do you want to go more in depth into each of those? Absolutely. So I'll, let me just take a step back on, first of all, why automation? So for two reasons, right? You want to automate whenever there's a severe shortage of the people. So that is no brainer, if you will. Yeah, the just a 3.5 million person shortage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and a then, shortage the size of some countries, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And then the other important aspect here is, unfortunately, security is a cat and a mouse game, right? Uh, the bad guys are already using automation and artificial intelligence to hack. So for example, if you just look at last couple of years in pandemic, in December of 2020, we had solar winds, which was one of the biggest zero day attack that happened in the history. And it impacted so many millions of uh, companies and billions of dollars of losses. And, and something like that can be simplified with automation. You know, there's no silver bullet which will solve all the problem. And then when the people thought that, oh, this is going to be once in a six year or one year, once in a 10 year uh, kind of a thing, then December 2021, log4j happened. And <laughs> the same pain point happened where basically people had to go back and look into their supply chain and find out uh, whether they have those files which are impacting and all. And each time in, in larger organization, it took them three to four months to do that. So in a year... <laughs> In a year, if you can think that you're disrupting all your operations and you're spending three to four months doing that, that's not a good sign. And that is where the automation kind of comes into play. And now, third time, people have realized that, uh, you know, this Christmas, it's not if, it's what is going to come in there, right? And as a result, that's why people are kind of more interested in automation now, because it just doesn't make sense that every time you get the output from the tools, you put into the Excel sheets, you do the manual correlation, manual deduplication, and, and spend three months just to identify that. And this is where Armor Code AppSecOps platform comes into play, where you know it's a single pane of glass. What you take normally three months, you can do it in three days. And yes, you heard wow. it right. It takes take three days because you know we make a complete database, right? And we make application security autonomous where all of these things comes into here. We have a complete understanding of what your inventory looks like. And so whenever the next thing will happen, because again, you know, I'm not going to lie or sell uh, snake oil over here that our solutions will prevent it. Nobody can prevent zero day because it is zero day for a reason. You don't know what it is. But once that happens, then you have a whole set of operations that identify whether I'm impacted. If so, how big, when I'm going to fix it and it is fixed. This is what the board and the CEOs do. Right, And this is where exactly AppSecOps platform come into play. So first thing first, you can get a good assessment within a few minutes or in hours that, okay, 
where the impact is number one. Then we identify that, okay, is it really exploitable? Is it impact? And is it part of your tier one application? Then we help you come up with a plan that, okay, how do you go about it? We can help you create with service level agreements. Yes, this is where you need to fix it. And by which time you need to fix it, because let's say if you are dojo.live, right? You don't want your application to be down for a single minute because that's a loss of business because at the end of the day, uh, you know, a uh, minute lost is, you know, a revenue lost. And if imagine if you are a Fortune 50 bank or a Fortune 1, you know, a big company like that, it just magnifies that. So as a result, you want to make sure that for your tier one application that needs to be fixed it like yesterday. And then the third thing here, it's a people thing. You need the developers, you need operations to uh, take it live and everything else. So you want to make sure that it is done or not. So that is where the AppSecOps platform comes into play. And this feature which we are talking about is the application security posture management. Then the second aspect which comes in that these issues are not necessarily only in the applications. It could also be in the infrastructure. And this is where you don't need to have a separate set of uh, vulnerability management platforms where you go and look into there. Hey, it's a one security team. You are already short in staff. So you could just get into the same platform, uh, vulnerability management information. And there are several other use cases there. Then the third thing here is that this is the reactive, which we have to do, unfortunately. But the uh, whole uh, world is moving security to the left or security by design or whatever you want to call it as, right? Uh, and in that particular case, you want to make sure that you are engaging the security into the DevOps processes. And this is where, you know, you want to automate that every time when you are moving the code from one uh, DevOps stage to the other DevOps stage, then you are running scans and you are making sure that when you are having this fast release, that uh, security is being uh, checked at every smaller point. Now that is where you know DevSecOps orchestration and automation comes into play. And last but not the least, if you are a FinTech or a healthcare company, guess what? Now you really need to make sure that you're still compliant because you know FDAs and FINRAs of the world makes sure that you know you are compliant to certain standards because so that normal people like you and I can rest at peace that okay, you know, the uh, services by various banks and everything is secure. And so for that, it needs to be compliant. Now, if you're having 100, 500,000 releases a year and you only have once a year compliance, you want to make sure that you are continuously compliant. So those are the four aspects that you need to look at it, right? And there are several different solutions which are out there. There are point solutions which are doing only application security posture management, or there are only tools which are doing only vulnerability management, or there are tools which are doing only DevSecOps orchestration automation or compliance, right? But again, the challenge that the security leaders have is they are tired of using several point tools to solve the problem, right? So you want to leverage automation to connect the dots between these various stages and, and you know, make your life easier because last thing you want to do is instead of planning for your Christmas break, you're planning for your Christmas hack. And in which particular case, you know, uh, you really want to leverage automation so that, you know, you can have a good vacation while the bad guys are trying to, you know, uh, kind of go after your environment or coming up with a yet another zero day. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and taking advantage of, of the automation. I think one of the things I'm hearing, um, I'm curious, you know, the people who are the actual users of Armor Code, is this that the, the people who are in that 3.5 million shortage, 
And what impact does a product like yours have on their, let's say, team dynamics? I think sometimes when there are hacks, I mean, we're human, right? So if something does go wrong, I think we've got this innate um, tendency maybe, or at least the sensation of like, oh God, I have to fix this and and maybe not be transparent, wanting to fix things on our own, which actually is the worst decision that we can make because the more we try to do it on our own, the longer it's going to take, et cetera. So yeah, absolutely. It, uh, is a tool no, like yours <laughs> helping with this transparency and this, this willingness to, to have ownership? Absolutely. And that's why I was saying that DevSecOps or, uh, is basically not a technology problem, right? 3,500 out of 7,000 security companies which are out there claim they do DevSecOps. And the reason why not necessarily a lot of companies are having uh, a great success is they are looking at technology or building a technology looking for a solution. Whereas, as you mentioned, uh, people are people, humans, right? Now, not only they would want to not be transparent in those scenarios, they will like to blame game, they will like to finger points. And, and, and to people's defense, right? So from security team's perspective, my goal here as a security leader would be to make sure the software is secure. And I want to test everything out else uh, very carefully and it adds a lot of uh, kind of delay or it slows things down. Whereas, you know, and I used to be a developer 20 plus years ago at Bell Labs. I never cared about security. All I cared about was getting the software out like yesterday. Release, release, because, release. <laughs> exactly. And, and that was the benefit I would get because that's how I was incentivized. And then the third team is the operations team who wants to take the software and put it into production. And they are only incentivized by making it uh, stable, right? So they want to ensure that when a software is getting out, it is stable and things like that. Now, when you have three different personas, right? Uh, that's where the challenges happens. And this is where Armor Code took a people first approach. And we created the platform with these three personas in mind. So we have very elaborate role-based access control and you can have security team logging in and just seeing the information that they care about, which is the risk part, the uh, service level agreement, and those kind of things, risk scores. Now, when the developer logs in, all they care about here is, I don't want to go into yet another tool by which security is recommending. By the way, developers hate the tools uh, that security recommends. And that is why we have made a very smooth collaboration so the developers not necessarily need to get into our platform because we integrate into Jira, ServiceNow, the ticketing system, the Slacks, and the Microsoft Teams of the world so that they are not having to change their behavior, right? So that is why we are getting such a strong traction is that developers don't have to you know, change themselves, if you will. And now what happens here is there is always in security, there's a carrot and a stick, right? So now what happens is you can always use a stick and if you are a fintech company uh, or a healthcare company, yes, you may have the powers to do that. But if you are a technology company where the software needs to be shipped yesterday because it's impacting revenue, security sometimes take backseat. Now, in all those cases, you always have to use a carrot and a stick. Now, you could put stick by building a guardrails. And this is another unique thing which we have done. We are helping security team give a better guidance, governance, with the guardrails. So what happens here is typically what happens is people will say, okay, do this, don't do that. Now, all of those rules are written into a word file, which nobody reads. Now in Armor Code, what we do is we provide you guardrails that within this boundary, yes, you can go ahead and 
you know go it's just like a, a bowling right and you know when i was, uh, I was going know. to say that <laughs> so in the bowling right if you're going too straight then it brings it back the bumper brings it back but then it also gives the room that instead of going narrow like this you have the room to play and that is what developers like okay give me guardrails give me some uh, uh, boundaries or freedom to do my stuff and then security is also happening is beyond this point that you know hey it's not going to go off the shelf if you will or or, or of the uh, uh, basically uh, uh, rails if you will so this is where you know we have that both the uh, kind of uh, carrot and a stick over here whereas uh, you could save because uh, you know you have within the guidance and then we have also added features like knowledge base and other things and a lot of patent pending technologies which enables and uh, reduces developer uh, work and developer productivity right so we have customers who are saving millions of dollars on just saving developer productivity so to answer your question like who can benefit uh, both the developer and the security can benefit depending upon the size of the organization or who wants to embrace it so again the platform has multiple uh, roles and uh, you know that's how we built it that you know it's just not for security or a developer it's for all i can perceive that there is like a learning element there how long does it take to your users to adapt to this platform well i know that it depends with the persona right but how is the process with your clients so uh you know i learned the lesson hard way and uh, in one of the early startup like you know that's why i said 26 years of failures <laughs> so so one of the startups which i did back in 2000 2002 basically the challenge was we built the platform very complicated and 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 as a result you know the deployment was a big challenge now you know the product was technically most superior but operations wise it wasn't that big and that was a costly lesson learned so fast forward when we built armor code we didn't write a single line of code until we got customer feedback So the whole platform is built with customer feedback where we work with customers we understand their flows and do that. So having said that, you know we have had Fortune 50, uh, you know one of the largest world's big four company trained in just five hours, right? So that is how simple we wow. have made it. That uh, and and again in a modern uh, SaaS application world today, the platform has to be super easy and intuitive. in fact as and when we go to the customers and even the partners or there are a lot of customers who are offering mssp managed services security providing services on top of our platform they are like the platform is very intuitive and ready to uh, easy to use on their own wow that process could be an entirely different show even just about i suppose it's the design thinking behind that so it was it was conversations it was interviews it was mockups what did it look like leading up this whole process leading up to the the precoding what was that like for you yeah so it was a very interesting and discovery process right and that is some of the early joys as a founders in the very beginning what happens here is uh, you know we have to be customer obsessed customer driven and uh, you know that that's the company culture and i know you want you to touch upon the company culture as well at some point um, so it goes uh, and directly weaves into that that it is part of the company culture that you know customers are always number one uh, we are here for the customers we are here because of the customers and you know so we listen to the customer we understand the pain points and from the people aspect right so now when we are designing the product and and just to give you an idea right uh, even when we build the company 
my co-founder and CTO, you know, came from the developer background for a reason. Because, you know, if you had somebody from the security background, he or she would have been jaded that, oh, you know what, this cannot be done because for past 20, 30 years, there have been 50 companies and 500 startups which have been trying to solve. And, and the kind of traction, like we have grown already 3x of our revenue in just last one year since we launched and we are planning to grow by 4x next year. Even in, even in these tough times of, you know, first it was uh, pandemic and now it's the economic turmoil, if you will, because automation is what people really want. That's what we do is we simplify it. Uh, the cost of training is nothing. And, and you know, once you do it, uh, it, it basically the, you free up the engineers to do the things much better. And so that is where, you know, it leads to that. And um, so, uh, yeah, does that answer your question? It does. And actually, I, I link you this back to yesterday's show as well at Sinchi. He mentioned that they're one of the, ironically, one of the few tech companies that are act, actually utilize their own product. Is, is that the case of Armor Code as well? Are you, as you're building out, utilizing your product for your own security? And does that actually help your product be a better product? Oh, absolutely. That's kind of a table stakes, especially when you're building a product. And, and that's where, you know, my my kind of roots are from that, hey, we want to use the product. We are our biggest customer or not the biggest. Now, I'm glad that we are not. We have several large customers who are doing that. So but uh, the thing here is that uh, we do use our uh, product and, uh, um, you know, it's significantly helping us make the product much better. And uh, yeah. That's great. So we are actually to the final few minutes of our show. And I'd like to bring it back to you, Nikhil, and your 26 years of, of failures leading up to success, or your 26 years of succeeding and knowing, knowing what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say to leaders like yourself or those folks out there who are hoping uh, to start a company? What would you say is your number one don't do and your number one do do yeah so starting with number one don't do do is exactly like don't build the product before talking to customers and understanding and having a very deep understanding of what they do right so uh, talk to customers understand their pain points do the mock-ups have a design first thinking and, and that way is the approach. So again, do's and don't. Now, of course, number one thing do is, of course, uh, it's a tough world out there, right? Uh, especially like pandemic and economic turmoil. So, uh, you know, number one thing which you want to do is not give up, right? So I didn't give up for 26 years and it paid off. So I'm hopeful that it will pay off for others as well. And uh, apart from, you know, just that the personal grit and everything else, it's about having a very good clarity. And I always tell my team that begin with the end in mind, right? So every meeting, every call, every engagement, you want to be very clear because unless you're very clear on, on you know, what the end goal of this, uh, you know, you're wasting your time. And, and one of the last thing here is, uh, you know, think big, start small, scale fast, right? So you should always have a clarity of where you want to go. So when I was starting, this company in the middle of the pandemic, I was very clear this problem is very imminent. It's very big. And, you know, 
I believe the world's largest security company will be from software and hopefully Armor Code. And start small, you know, you just start it um, just with an idea, built a team and everything else. But as you're building it, scale it fast. Like, you know, in, we are not even a two-year-old company, but the kind of milestones, the type of customers that we have gotten and, and the type of success, we are like more than 50 plus people. We have, you know, Fortune 500 customers, things like that. Uh, so those things, again, is make it scale fast, right? Because uh, you're building a company, right? Uh, there should be a sense of urgency doing that. You don't want to, you know, make it a lifestyle business, especially in technology, because things get obsolete very fast. So it's a constant things and the things will evolve and change. So continue to listen to the customers and, and, and pivot the product. So like when we started, we are just doing ASPM, if you will, but we took a platform approach and then we very quickly evolved into AppSecOps. Now, you know, which can do four big things, if you will. So, thank you, thank you. Definitely words of wisdom to live by. Thank you so much for your time today, Nikhil. Um, we really do appreciate it. We wish you nothing more than success with Armor Code. Um, please stick around for just a minute as we go off air. But America, we do not have a show at 12 o'clock Pacific tomorrow, but we are having a special show on Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, as you said, Kim, we're going to have a show on Friday at the Live Special Edition, and it's going to be about LGBT in tech. 12 p.m. Pacific. Don't miss it. It's going That's to be right. so excited. It's, it's going to be a panel discussion with America and I as the moderators and a few uh, very select and awesome individuals from Encora who are going to be sharing their experiences with us. So cool. Don't miss it. Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific. Nikhil, thank you again for joining us today. And everyone else, stay safe until the next time. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for Bye. having me. Our Bye -bye. pleasure. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com.